is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. I'm George Matisek. November 1st marks the Solemnity of All Saints, and on today's episode of Catholic Review Radio, we're going to talk to two authors of brand new books on the saints, both published by The Word Among Us Press. In the second segment, we'll talk to Elizabeth Kelly, author of Love Like a Saint, Cultivating Virtue with Holy Women. But in this first segment, we're speaking with Deacon Matthew Halbach, the author of They Saw Through God's Eyes, An Invitation from Mary and the Saints. Deacon Halbach is a deacon for the Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa, and he's also the author of several books and a popular speaker across the country. Deacon Halbach, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. Oh, it's my pleasure, George. Thanks for having me. As you know, All Saints Day is right around the corner. Uh, why should people care about the saints? Well, we want to care about the saints, I guess, because the saints care about us. You know, the saints make it their mission to bring the good news into the world. And even though they leave the world uh, and their souls leave their body and are with Jesus in heaven right now, they're still at work trying to bring uh, heaven to earth, so to speak, through their intercession. So we should care about them because they care about us. And, and each of them tries in their own way to, to pray for us and uh, to solicit our Lord's favor for us. How did you grow in your own personal love of the saints? What attracted you to the saints? Oh, I tell you, um, I, I'd, love, I'd love to tell you that it was because, you know, somebody taught them to me or or it was like a particular book I read. But honestly, it was a personal experience of their intercession. So the real question is, how does that come about? Or how did that come about for me? And, and honestly, the uh, two two of my favorite saints, which are are in the book um, that you just mentioned there are St. Augustine and St. Therese of Lisieux. And both of them kind of showed up in my life, my life at different times. For St. Augustine, it was when I went off for doctoral studies at Catholic University of America to do my PhD in theology. And they have a little chapel there on campus in the theological college. And there's a side, side altar to Augustine. And for some reason, I just felt kind of drawn to it. Um, there wasn't anybody in the chapel at the time. I just made my way over there to the side altar and said a little prayer, Augustine being quite the theologian himself, as we all know, particularly in the Western church. Um, and you know what, ever since then, and it's not just, did, you know, did he help you with your quizzes and tests and papers and dissertation? It was really, it was really uh, feeling compelled to learn more about him. And I felt like he invited me into that. Uh, so I picked up, you know, confessions and, uh, the City of God, and and a number of his homilies and epistles, and I, I just love him. I love his theology. I love his style, and he's kind of been with me ever since. Mm-hmm. Therese showed up in a very supernatural way. I was out at um, doing a rosary one time in a public cemetery in uh, Stephenville, Ohio. It's when I was doing my master's at Franciscan University, and I'd never been there before in that cemetery. It was snowing. Uh, I was praying the rosary to discern my vocation. At the time, I was thinking priesthood, maybe married life. I don't know, like so many young men. And um, although not enough, we need more vocations. But that, that aside, uh, I 
really praying this rosary, I felt called, and this is going to sound a little bizarre perhaps to our listeners here, felt called to go over to a particular marker on the ground, which was then covered by snow, brush it off, and happened to be an engraving of St. Therese. Again, this is a public cemetery. Uh, I also came across uh, these wonderful artificial blue roses sticking out of a bush near the grave marker. And of course, if you know about Therese's tradition, then when she intercedes for you, that's signified by a rose, whether a real rose or a fake rose or a picture of a rose. Anyway, it has to do with roses. And fast forwarding seven years after that cemetery experience, George, I I was in a shrine to St. Therese in all places. It was in Collinsville, Oklahoma, which is a tiny place to have one of the most beautiful shrines (laughs) in the country to to this saint. And I'm watching my my bride-to-be walk down the aisle, and I'm recalling those experiences in the cemetery and Therese's intercession. And it was almost as if she was like saying, ta-da, as wow. she walked down the aisle. And so that's how she showed up in my life. So that's the story. So. <laughs> One of the things I really love about your book is that for many of the saints you discuss, you also connect them with everyday people who are leading holy lives today. And one of those is connected with St. Augustine, who you mentioned. Um, could you tell us the story about the atheist who became a theology yeah, teacher? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful what God does, you know, when we give him just a little bit of room. So I was leading a RCIA uh, for St. Patrick's Parish in Rockville, Maryland, and um, we had a big class, 25 folks that particular year. And I remember Herman, uh, at the time, he was a, a University of Chicago graduate of their law school. He was working for the federal government and uh, very, very much an intellectual and very vocal from day one about, um, you know, I'm an atheist and, and I'm here. My, wa- my wife wants me to check this out, but I'm telling you, no one's going to convince me of Christianity or Catholic faith and da, da, da. So he was kind of like drawing the line in the sand from day one. Well, after a while, you know, it's not, and if you're familiar with the RCA process, which will soon be called the OCIA, the Order of Christian Initiation of Adults, but at any rate, if you're familiar with it, it's not just about learning the faith, it's also the experience of a close-knit Christian, or becoming Christian community. So there's a lot of vulnerability, there's a lot of sharing, there's a lot of trust, there's a lot of charity. And I think those virtues shared among the members, in addition to the catechesis, really opened uh, Herman's heart, and he came into the faith uh, that Easter, um, surprisingly, several years later, I get a, uh, I think it was an email or, or a phone call or something, and he had uprooted his family out of the D.C. area, and they moved to Missouri <laughs> and kind of got a little compound there. And now he's no longer in law. He teaches uh, high school theology. So I thought when he told me that, that was mind-blowing. And actually, he loves St. Augustine as well. <laughs> That's amazing. And another one that really struck me was in the chapter associated with St. Lawrence. You talk about who you call Father Tom, who was a late vocation. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us a little mm-hmm. of his story? Yeah. So Father Tom um, always wanted to be an educator before he was a priest. And he had worked in the Catholic high school uh, for a number of years. And um, before feeling called to holy orders, he had adopted an, an older teen. Uh, he always wanted to, to have a child. Um, he adopts this child. And this teen has a lot of problems, uh, has been in the system for a long time. Uh, so we're talking, you know, multiple mental health issues. But Father Tom's very generous and, you know, tried to make a go of it. Uh, after a few years together, this teen is now an adult and really struggling, really struggling. And at some point, 
for some reason, and I don't know all the details, and Father Tom didn't share them all with me, and that's fine. But at some point, um, his adopted son takes a gun out and shoots Father Tom in the gut at point-blank range. And, uh, you know, maybe this came on the heels of a heated argument or whatever it was, but nonetheless, gunshot, point-blank range, Father Tom is rushed to the emergency room. Miraculously, he lives. Uh, the doctors couldn't believe it. One of his first uh, things that he wanted to do post-surgery and recovery, I'm talking about Father Tom now, is to to try to get with his son, who now is on charges for attempted murder. And to, he went there for his uh, a hearing. I'm not sure about the legal jargon, if it's the arraignment or the hearing or what it is. But he went there, and he wanted to make a point to tell his son that he forgives him. And they were that was the last time he saw him. For some time, he did make visits in uh, in prison, visited his son, I think, a few times in prison, uh, but has not seen him since. But the fact, one, that he lived after that tragic event is incredible. Two, that he was willing to forgive his son for that. Uh, and three, to, to kind of accompany him. We talk about accompaniment a lot these days, to accompany him uh, during a very dark period, not only in his own life, but in his son's life. Extraordinary heroism. That's why in this book that we're referencing uh, they saw through God's eyes an invitation from Mary and the saints. We look at these traditional saints that we always talk about and, and just go gaga over their heroic virtue. But then there's so many people among us right now that are, are living very heroic, virtuous lives that, that need to be called out. We're not calling them saints, but they are these wonderful contemporary models that we can learn from and be inspired by. What do the saints teach us about holiness? And, and they, I know there's a lot, a lot there. But in in your research and, <laughs> yeah. and, and looking at their lives and and these particular saints, are there common threads that you see about how they approach the pursuit of holiness? Yeah, I think that probably the most common thread is humility. Uh, and how does that express itself? I think the saints are probably the last people that would want to be called saints. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't. I think they understand who they who they are. And I think they also know who they wish they were. I, I think we, we think of the saints as people who have it all together. Oh, they don't they don't ever commit sins. Or if they do, they're like really, really, really tiny ones, you know, like sneezing on the on the window on the salad bar or something. But like the reality is it doesn't matter what we think of them. This is how they saw themselves. And what they teach us through their humility is that the closer we come to God um, through through this journey of holiness, the more that his light shines on us and reveals and you can say, well, it reveals our imperfections and our brokenness, but I'd rather say it reveals more and more clearly the infinite distance between God and us, and also at the same time reveals the unbelievable closeness of God to us in Jesus Christ. And, and I think they live in that space, and that's what animates them, and that's what allowed them to become the saints they were hmm. and are. How can we get your book? You can check out the book on Amazon.com. You can also go to, and I have other books out there as well. You can also go to um, Word Among Us, to their website, wau.org. Uh, but either way, uh, it's, uh, it doesn't matter just as long as you get it. It's a great book on the saints. Different take on the lives of the saints. So if you're like, oh, my gosh, another book on the saints, you'll be surprised. <laughs> great. <laughs> Well, our guest today has been Deacon Matthew Halbach, and his new book is called They Saw Through God's Eyes, An Invitation for Mary and the Saints. Deacon Halbach, thanks again for being here. George, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
We're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll talk with Elizabeth M. Kelly, author of Love Like a Saint, Cultivating Virtue with Holy Women. I'm George Matisek. You're listening to Catholic Review Radio. We'll be back in a moment. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. When Carroll County firefighter and paramedic Michael Johnson was asked to participate in his parish's Blue Mass, he hesitated because he said he didn't choose his profession for the recognition. However, when that recognition came during a service at St. John's in Westminster, he said he was humbled and grateful. Parishes around the Archdiocese of Baltimore pay tribute to first responders with a variety of services during October. Archbishop William E. Laurie noted the powerful sacrifice first responders make each day as he celebrated a Blue and Red Mass October 23rd at St. Joseph Monastery Parish in West Baltimore. The Mass paid tribute to law enforcement officers, firefighters, paramedics, and all public safety professionals. The Archbishop said all of them, both active and retired, serve with valor and integrity. The Mass also honored first responders who lost their lives in the past year, including Baltimore City Police Officer Keona Holly and Baltimore Firefighters Lieutenant Paul Buttram, Kenneth Lacayo, and Lieutenant Kelsey Sadler, who died in the line of duty in 2021 and 2022. Megan Warfield, a parishioner of Our Lady of Hope in Dundalk, also was honored at the Mass. Less than 24 hours before giving birth, the member of the Bullies Quarters Volunteer Fire, Rescue, and Marine Department tended to an automobile accident victim in early October after she came upon the scene of a crash on Eastern Boulevard in Middle River. Schools from around the Archdiocese of Baltimore participated in making thousands of personalized thank you cards that were collected by the Archdiocese Office of Community Affairs and then distributed to first responders, including those at the Mass at St. Joseph Monastery. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. And a friendly reminder that All Saints Day is November 1st. Who is your favorite saint? For Catholic Review Media, I'm Kevin Parks. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek. We're talking about the saints today, And in this segment, we welcome Elizabeth M. Kelly, author of Love Like a Saint, Cultivating Virtue with Holy Women. Elizabeth Kelly is an award-winning speaker and the author of nine books. She's also a spiritual director and retreat leader. Elizabeth, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. Thank you for having me. So you've got this new book out called Love Like a Saint, Cultivating Virtue with Holy Women. Uh, What inspired Mm -hmm. you to write this book? Especially there are so many books that have been written about the saints. What's different about this one and and what inspired you to write it? Yeah, I I have kind of an anchorist for the book, and that's Blessed Benedetta Bianchi Poto. She's one of the chapters in there. And I got acquainted with her while on a retreat 
I came home, I started to research her life, and I was like, oh man, people need to know who this woman is. Young women, professional women, doctors, those who suffer with chronic progressive illness, you know, I mean, just all these things that she experienced and brought to the table. And uh, so she was really the first saint that I wanted to write about. And I was lying in bed one night and I said, Benedetta, I will write about you. I'll give you the best I've got, but I want to hear from you that you want me to do this. I want your permission, you know. (laughs) And the very next day, a girlfriend of mine called me and she said, I have something for you. Can you run down to the to the street she had five kids in her minivan and she handed me a watercolor rendition that a local artist had done of Benedetta. Wow. There's no way she could have known what my prayer was, you know, the night before. Um, and so I kind of, I started crying in the parking lot and she's like, oh, I thought you would like it. And I said, I do like it. It's just, I'm just praying for Benedetta. So I started having lots of Benedetta encounters and, Long story short, I got to meet her niece. Her niece gave me an abundance of material on her in English that I would not have had otherwise. And in meeting her, in getting to read her letters, in getting to know Benedetta so deeply, you know, her chapter kind of gave me the the skeleton for the rest of the book. And I knew that I wanted to write on the virtues and I wanted to connect one woman with one or two virtues. I, I didn't want to try to encapsulate every virtue that, you know, these women uh, exemplified. That would have been a whole book on each of them. But uh, I wanted to just really drill down on how they really embodied one or two virtues and then offer prompts for praying about that virtue you know, questions for small groups and journaling and things like that so that people could really pick it up, see the virtue in action, and then give them a little prayer plan for uh, working on that virtue in their own life. So uh, I asked Benedetta, I said, who else should be in this book? (laughs) Bring them to my door, you know, I need to know, you know, and I need to know which virtues to concentrate on. And you know, there are so many to choose from, and uh, I knew faith, hope, and love would be in there, but the other virtues, I, I I really wanted to choose virtues that would speak to the feminine heart right now at this time in history. So that's kind of how, how the book came together. One of the saints you feature is St. Mary Magdalene, which is probably the most well-known, but you also have these other mm-hmm. saints and holy women who... Uh-huh. I think most people don't know about. Like, I never heard of Benedetta before. So you kind sure. of touched on how you picked them, but why? Why these particular women? Yeah, I really wanted to make sure, or as much as possible, I wanted to choose women from a more recent era. So, like the last century and the century before, uh, women that we had pictures of, women that we had their writing, their letters, their um, testimonies. Uh, and I also chose these women because I was attracted to them. I didn't know them very well, and I wanted to get to know them better. <laughs> mm-hmm. So selfishly, I was choosing you know, women that I really wanted to get to know and that I didn't think had been very, um, you know, have not been very well introduced in some capacity or another. Like I'd never heard of Anne de Gagne until I started this project. Remarkable young woman. And uh, and just the way that she embodied her virtue is obedience. I mean, it was so key to open with her because 
She was motivated to grow in the virtue of obedience, not because she feared consequences, but because she was deeply in love. She was so, she loved the Lord so much. And that has to be the heart of every attempt at growing in virtue. We want to do it because we love the Lord. (laughs) Out of love, we want to grow in virtue, not because we fear repercussions uh, for not being virtuous. So it's quite a collection of women. I, I, I feel like I have a whole new pod of intercessors in heaven right now. Thank the Lord. <laughs> when we talk about growing in holiness, what exactly does that mean? And how do the saints help us on that path to holiness? Yeah. One of the other things I was sure to do in the book is I wanted to include a story about a lay person, uh, a child, a woman who is married, a woman who is in religious life, but it's single woman, just every every stage and age of life that I could in order to invite us to see ourselves. We're all on this path to sainthood. And and it's a process. You know, we don't immediately start out being canonized. <laughs> you know, we go back a few steps. You know, you become a servant of God before you're a venerable, before you're a blessed, and so on and so forth. So I wanted to emphasize that You know, this is a process, and I also wanted to invite people to think about the virtues in in kind of a concrete way, so that holiness isn't just this abstraction, but it's it's really about being patient, about being obedient, about being um, loving, faithful, a good friend, being persevering. You know, I wanted to really tell the stories of these women so that we could see uh, these virtues embodied in in the stories of their lives. You know, I think it's uh, Pieper, Benedict, others have written about how uh, we need to make love visible. We need to make faith visible. We need to make hope visible through the way that we lead our lives. Um, and, And that's really attractive, you know, to see a holy person, even if we couldn't put our thumb on it and say, what is it about them? that's so attractive. Holiness is very attractive because it's just so pure. It's like a light in the darkness. And all of these women embodied that in one way or another. So really the path to holiness, and and Benedict makes this point on a number of occasions. He says it's, it's being faithful to where you are in your current life. So you know, you don't have to necessarily be a martyr at Auschwitz in order to become a saint. That's not the only requirement, but really just faithfulness and loving lovingness in our daily duties is as rich and meaningful a road to holiness as any that's out there. You touched on your own connection with the saints, your own friendship with the saints. How can people mm-hmm. develop that in their own lives? How, how do you mm-hmm. start a friendship with a saint? You know, I think if you if you pray, they will find you. Uh, you know, the saints really choose us, I find. Um, it was like Benedetta just zapped me like holy lightning. <laughs> and, um, and I just was so attracted to learn her story. And uh, I think that's very common. Uh, oftentimes, this happens a lot. When I go out and I speak on Benedetta, she had a very, very rare incurable disease. And while I'm speaking about her, I'll say, has anybody heard of this disease? And inevitably, someone will raise their hand 
and either they have the disease and they didn't know that they there was a saint who had the same disease or they know someone who does. Um, you know, so the saints are very keen to find us in great specificity to help us on our path. Mm. Um, I remember struggling with one really particularly difficult problem in my life and my brother, who's a priest, he said, "Is there a, who's the saint that suffered from that? You know, that's who you should be asking for intercession. And um, we're so blessed in the fact that the church has such a menagerie, such a colorful um, canvas to choose from in terms of saints, that if there's something in particular you're struggling with, you know, if you ask uh, to be connected with an intercessor in that, they'll stumble onto your path. They certainly will. But, of course, there are tons of books like Love Like a Saint. You know, there are other books that people have written introducing us to the lives of the saints. So there are an abundance of ways to be introduced to them. We have about 30 seconds left. Uh, I understand you're going to be leading a day of reflection coming up at Holy Family in Davidsonville. Can you tell us about yes, that? Yes, and, and I'll be in Davidsonville in uh, January 21st of next year. I'll be leading a women's morning of reflection. And uh, if you're in the area, I'd love to meet you. Great. And is there a website where people could get more information on your books? And- yes. If you go to LizK.org, it's L-I-Z-K dot org, the shortest URL in, in the world. <laughs> uh, my speaking events, my books, uh, there are podcasts. In fact, there's a free, uh, there's a free talk on Benedetta um, on my website. So if you're interested in learning more about her in particular, there are a number of different talks that I've posted there and she's one. Well, our guest today has been Elizabeth Kelly. She is the author of Love Like a Saint, Cultivating Virtue with Holy Women. Elizabeth, thanks again for being here. Thank you very much for having me. God bless you. For Catholic Review Radio, I'm George Matisek. Thanks for listening. Remember the spirit of your parish community, the power of worshiping together, the warmth of friends new and old who share your faith. Join us for Mass this weekend. Visit archbelt.org to find a Catholic parish near you. Feel the joy. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.